0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The US election is now over. And no matter what happens in the next couple of weeks, the fact is that there will be a Democrat in the White House from, I think, the end of January of next year, 2021. Here to talk about this and a multitude of facets of this incredible event is John Stotford, Head of Multi-Asset Income at 91 in London. It has been an extraordinary I suppose almost a week now, and even the preceding four years has been quite astonishing, hasn't it? Particularly for you as an investment manager, John.
1: Yes, I think that's right. I mean, clearly, you know, we've got somebody currently in the White House who is somewhat erratic, although markets generally have have liked what he's done, I think, surprisingly in some ways. But it has led to sort of very narrow market leadership with sort of tech Leading the way, and, and I think you know, the interesting thing now is whether a different leadership and a divided congress and so on will will change the narrative and, and the dynamics of, of markets and, and the global economy.
0: I like the way your multi asset team comment came out in the last couple of days and said, as a general rule, profits, not politics drive markets, but of course you have to look at what 's gone on. Uh, so the general rule is profits, not politics, but on the other hand, politics in this case is terribly, terribly important.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. So, um, you know, you could have had a range of different outcomes. And I I think clearly the opinion polls were assuming a sort of broad democratic sweep. And I think that would have led to more radical policies in some ways, potentially less market friendly policies on average over the medium term, but probably big fiscal spending in the short run. And then a shift of emphasis towards things like um, sort of more green policies and so on. And that has huge implications for, you know, which companies thrive and, and, and which don't.
0: The election result is almost over now. Markets have responded incredibly well. And although this is a medium to long-term outlook that we're going to portray over this uh, over the next few minutes on this, on this podcast, the fact is that markets have reacted extraordinarily well with the NASDAQ and the S&P and the Dow Jones and the European markets doing very well indeed. Uh, is this something that you expect to continue?
1: I, I think so, probably in the short term. I mean, it's got the sort of feel of of a market that sort of got the the bit between its teeth. And I think there are sort of three key drivers. So the first is um, that now we have some clarity in terms of the makeup of the U.S. government. I think expectations are high that we will get, uh, you know, additional fiscal stimulus, which the U.S. economy may need. uh, And the Fed certainly thinks the U.S. economy needs. Uh, And so that, I think, is taken as a positive. It, It removes some of the negatives as well in terms of, Um, likelihood of tax rises because you've got republicans controlling the senate Um, the fed i think remain in the background supporting markets with liquidity along with other central banks and then the other big thing that people are focused on obviously is covid and we've had a big um, rise in cases in the northern hemisphere in, in developed economies and so what people are wanting to hear is an end to all of that and we've had news today from pfizer that their vaccine uh, is looking pretty hopeful and so that's i think added to a sense that you know you can look through maybe some of the near term problems uh, and the medium term might then be more rosy and that's that's i think those are the themes the market's embracing it probably helps that people were cautiously positioned and so you know they've got more ammunition and and more desire to rebuild positions than than to cut them further and so there's to some extent being squeezed into the market as, as prices rise.
0: So what you're saying is in an oblique sort of way is that the market participants, certain market participants have been underweight and waiting for this opportunity and they've started to ease themselves into the market and that may continue because you can't put it all in in one day.
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. And and I, I think it wasn't that they were waiting. I think they just were uncertain. And so they were running maybe smaller positions than they might otherwise. And, and this, you know, there is whatever you know, people think of the election outcome. It does provide some certainty. And then the other big uncertainty people are trying to deal with is how long does the sort of Covid Uh, crisis hang over the global economy? How long are we constrained in how we live our lives? And is there sort of light at the end of the tunnel? And and Pfizer, to some extent, has given us some light uh, today. And clearly, that's one of the things people are now looking for.
0: Yes, indeed. Of course, the Pfizer story is is a headline and uh, it may take one, two or maybe even more years for it to be ratified and for it to be rolled out. But uh, nonetheless, markets are forward looking. So well done to the markets for identifying this and latching onto it. Having a look at the position that you have as head of multi asset income at 91, do you sit down with your team and say, okay, Biden's in power now, and he will be in power from January the 20th, whatever the date is, and these things will happen, therefore we have to change our approach, our asset allocation as a result of this, or are you just waiting for things to pan out? Are you, in other words, are you starting to sit down right now and say this has happened today because of what's happened in the US election, and it will continue in the future, or it won't? If you see what I'm saying in a rather clumsy way.
1: Exactly. So, what the comment you made a, 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 a few moments ago that markets are essentially forward-looking. Mm. You know, we need to to try and think about where things might go and and how things might develop. And so the way we tend to approach it is to think about scenarios. So what are are the possible scenarios out there and how likely do they appear? And sometimes you worry more about the sort of negative scenarios and that then makes sense to be curving risk. And sometimes the the more optimistic scenarios look uh, more reasonable. It's then about trying to work out how much of that is actually priced in. So at the moment, I think we've come from uh, a market that was cautiously positioned, some sort of medium term optimism priced in supported by, you know, loose monetary policy in particular, but um, also some caution. And I think we're gradually seeing some of that caution being replaced by optimism. And there will be a point where, you know, there's too much optimism in the market. But I think for the moment, there's still scope probably for markets to price in ultimately a sort of reasonable outcome as the highest probability over the next sort of 12 months with some risks of disappointment. So you still got to continue to bear in mind that a vaccine might be delayed, um, that, um, you know, the the US government may stay stuck in gridlock and not do a, 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 another sort of fiscal deal and so on. So there are definitely risks, but I think we've come from a position where the market was relatively cautiously positioned. And so it's more, Uh, likely to sort of be surprised by positive news which is what's happening now at some point it'll be the reverse
0: what are the big themes going into this and will those big themes continue the u.s dollar has been under pressure whether you look at the dollar index or whether you look at the euro dollar exchange rate or the dollar yen the dollar has been under pressure will that continue number one there's been also of course the v-shaped recovery in US equities, and I think we've got the S&P maybe even threatening all-time record highs as we pre-record this. Uh, Do you think that these themes will be embellished or are these now going to be halted because of the US presidential election result? It's a big question, but I think it's worthy of note.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. So our sort of simple view is that there is scope, I think, for more change in sort of market leadership with the change in leadership at the white house so even though i think there are still big issues between the us and china biden's going to be more constructive in terms of global trade and a sort of more outward looking uh sort of dynamic and and that ought to be positive for for economies outside the us it ought to be positive for global trade global manufacturing and that tends to be supportive of other currencies against the dollar and and should potentially support broader reflation and maybe broader rotation in markets. The question is how far that goes. And I think, you know, there are still big concerns about um, whether a lot of sort of value stocks are value or just, you know, business models that are are bust or or sort of finished. Um, And so, you know, I think we need to see more evidence that sort of reflation can come through and be lasting before those kind of um, trades gain real traction. But certainly, you know, a lot of of sort of cyclical stocks are quite cheap. Uh, A lot of non-US stocks are quite cheap. Uh, We might begin to see some more regulation against uh, some of the sort of tech giants uh, and and so on. So I think there's there's some scope for a bit of change in leadership, a bit more, of sort of themes that haven't been working uh, in recent times to sort of come through again. And that's certainly the way the market is is sort of pricing things at the moment. I mean, it's beginning to get more bullish on non-US stocks, more bearish on the dollar, more b- bullish on the M and so on. Uh, and and that may have a bit further to go, I think.
0: How are you positioning yourself going into this? I mean, and again, a second question attached to the first one is, have you changed your positioning given what we've just been discussing? So the first thing, how are you positioned?
1: So we also were somewhat cautious going into the election and some concerns about growth in sort of Q4, Q1, given um, winter in the Northern Hemisphere and sort of growth in cases. And you know, question marks about how quickly a vaccine would come through but we obviously saw markets sell off uh, into the election so we began to rebuild exposure and we've added to that so I would say we're sitting with a portfolio that's cautiously optimistic but then the portfolio that that I run is is, or the, the portfolios I run are defensive anyway so they're never going to be loaded up completely with equities they're going to have um, a sort of more more cautious positioning but within that I would say we are We're sort of positioned for a relatively favorable outcome without going completely overboard.
0: John, thanks so much for your time. That's John Stopford, head of multi asset income at 91 in London. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position, or